welcome to the Lightly Literary Podcast, the Thoughtful Book Club podcast featuring two friends. I'm Travis, joined as always by my co-host Amanda. Hey, Amanda. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome to the wild and dusty world of the gunslinger, <laughs> a world we just exited after a long recording, but we're, we're doing this at the end. We're messing with the timeline, so yeah, I shouldn't confuse the listeners right away. We're, we're just like Stephen King. That's right. We're doing. We're going to do an equally ambitious, probably four hundred hour recording right now. So buckle up for that. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, we are the Lightly Literary Podcast. If you've never found our podcast before, this is your first ever episode. Then congrats, you are in the right place because you have discovered a book recommendation episode, which is a great place to start. Today we'll be recommending and trying to persuade you to read a book with us for the next couple of weeks. That book is called The Gunslinger. It is by Stephen King. It is the first in a a long series, and we're just covering the first book to be clear again called the gunslinger we do book recommendation episodes where we try and give an overview and again a bit of a bit of persuasion to try and convince you to read with us if you have social media accounts we always appreciate a follow we're on facebook and instagram at the lightly literary podcast which is all one word also you know rate and recommend the pod wherever you found this spotify apple google store i think we're still up there (laughs) stitcher who knows you know you throw the pod out into the wind and you see where it ends up. <laughs> Not YouTube yet, but, you know, we're threatening, so who knows? Maybe this will be up there by then. Anyway, um, as I mentioned, a book recommendation episode. This pick, I believe, was from Amanda. Though, gosh, I'm really starting to just not... Our, our choices blend together in my mind, I guess. But I think this was your pick, right? <laughs> it was my pick, yes. Excellent. And what was the what was the premise that I gave you? Um, you just told me to choose anything that's science fiction or fantasy. Oh, yeah, because we honestly, for our tastes, we'd gone pretty light on that in the pod so far. We've been hitting yeah, kind of we, more mass we were, appeal. Yeah, and we were all um, doing like a whole nonfiction kick there for a little while, too. So. <laughs> right, right. So we've been, we've curbed so, yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I chose this one because like um, we had read different seasons by Stephen King and you had enjoyed that. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I wanted to um, give you some more Stephen King to ponder. And um, I chose this one because the Dark Tower series is like really popular among King fans. And it's been years and years and years since I've read any um, in the series. So I was like, man, I don't even remember what the story's about so (laughs) yeah it'd be great to revisit for me and and a good intro for you king was well received by our podcast again if you're a first-time listener or something go check the feed we keep everything up there obviously and there is an old episode about a stephen king collection a novella collection there's the yeah book recs our book clubs are up anyway and yeah i i responded really positively to it i had never read king before so i thought it was pretty solid overall this i think fits a lot of that too though it's a more daring effort for sure (laughs) and more experimental so that that comes with the good and the bad i think for sure i'm going to do a brief reading from the cover just to give you a sense of the the publisher summary of this book and then we'll get into our recommendation the cover reads over three decades ago stephen king introduced readers to the extraordinarily compelling and mysterious roland deshaun is it deshaun we don't know that yet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, it's a, it, on the cover it says Deshane or Deshaun. That's okay. That doesn't spoil. That's fine. <laughs> Roland is a haunting figure, a loner on a spellbinding journey into good and evil. In his desolate world, a landscape strewn with the wreckage of civility, he tracks the man in black, encounters an enticing woman named Alice, and begins a friendship with a boy from New York named Jake. Both fiercely realistic and eerily dreamlike, The Gunslinger is the first book in what perhaps is considered the greatest 
Odyssey Stephen King has ever written, which is an apt enough description with some odd choices too, but yes, that's an effective enough summary of the book. Let's get into our recommendation, then we're going to start with rapid-fire recommendations. This is when we each prepare five quick statements about who we think will like this book, and we kind of bounce them off each other back and forth. Amanda, why don't you throw your first one my way? I said, uh, you should read this book if you enjoy westerns. Yeah, and my response would be, I wrote... You should read this book if you like westerns. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, and he follow. We usually allow ourselves to banter a bit. We wrote literally the same one, though mine was third. But but I I noticed that because I I read yours always after I write mine, and I laughed when I saw that. Any <laughs> so thoughts perfect. on? Yeah. Any thoughts on the western? This is a gunslinger story. It's like a you know. It's just like a loner out in the desert trying to f- do do his quest, do his exactly. simple mission, you know? I mean, it's in the title, Gunslinger. Like, you know mm-hmm. it's a Western. <laughs> and he slings the guns, too. It's, it, the, the name is apt, <laughs> and you get plenty of that action in this book. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are my quick <laughs> thoughts. Go ahead with your next one, then. <laughs> um, you should read this book if you like the ambiguity of morality. Yeah, I think... It's an interesting world. The setting is definitely pretty stark, pretty dire even. Mm -hmm. And there are some clear... The character, Roland, does have some clear moments of moral decision-making. So I don't know if it ends with any clear... Not even a stance, but even just like statements or something about morality. But it's hinting at that for sure. And it it also does dabble. So I think that's a good one. I think you should read this book if you love questions and hate answers. (laughs) Yes, you definitely leave this with a lot more questions than you do with answers. <laughs> it is the first in a series, though. I yeah, know. and a long one, so. and a long one. <laughs> um, I said you should read this book if you like fantasy, but don't want a lot of lore dump. Uh, yeah, I'm torn on this one. but And even the fantasy thing, it's not sword and sorcery style. It's stranger. You know, it's a bit of the real world. It's a bit of the Old West. It is a bit of, you know, sword and sorcery of a, t- of a type. And then, yeah, the lore dump part is so fascinating because it's, it's, a, lore t- it's a long extended lore tease, but... Uh, I don't. It, it's also not going to answer a lot of your questions. So it's. It just yeah. depends on what you do. You, would you prefer a book that dumps it on you, but also explains it, or would you prefer a book that dumps doesn't dump it on you, but also doesn't explain it? <laughs> it's kind of a <laughs> you know you got a trade off anyway. Um, I think you should read this book if you like Cormac McCarthy novels. Hmm. I've actually only read part of one mm. of his novels. I, I think Blood Meridian. Mm-hmm. I think I read like the first chapter and I yeah. had other things that I had to do. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. No. And I won't say anything else, but just leave it but out there noted, for the listener. <laughs> I, I did like this book. So perhaps I should go back and read blood Meridian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I said, you should read this book if you like lusty characters. Lust. So is that different from lustful? Is lustful that they have lust within them, and lusty is that we find them attractive? What's the? Can you separate those modifiers for me? For, Am I confusing those modifiers? Maybe I don't know. For me, I was thinking like, yeah, they they are lustful. Yeah. Okay. There we go. I that makes sense to me. The, every character in this book does feel famished in metaphorical ways, <laughs> and so it's a lot of characters like really desperately trying to have something, claw at something, yearn for something. And so, except for maybe the, the antagonist in, in a sense, though that 
I don't know. That might even hold up for him too. And so, yeah, I think it is characters in a desperate world trying to cling to things. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like that description. And I think metaphorically it works perfectly. I think you should read this book if you think the protagonists of Clint Eastwood movies are cool or badass or exciting or whatever. Yes. Just yes. Um, <laughs> the main character in this novel is like in my mind's eye. He's very much Clint Eastwood. Throughout. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's perfect. Um, you should read this book if you appreciate biblical or mythological references and symbols. It's probably one of the more intriguing elements that, again, while I can't say the book had a coherent statement on it in the end or even a um, coherent world building around it, the fact that it's a fantastical-ish world but that also has such clear earthbound references and there's there's a non-insignificant part of the book that deals with jesus though they don't call they call him the jesus man (laughs) instead of how we would probably title him right (laughs) and so but there is a element of christianity obviously there's also of course other religions that aren't explained much so it's yeah it dabbles in and out but and i think too in the literary sense the illusion sense it does make some pretty intentional references as well so yeah i think that's it's one of the more intriguing parts of the book Final one for me, I think you should read this book if you intend to keep going with this series, which ends up being about 4,200 pages. For the series, this book was about 250 for me. Yeah, the, yeah, the book was pretty short for me as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, yeah, it was 300 pages for me. Mm-hmm. But I have a shorter book. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, it's definitely, like, like we pointed out earlier, it's not going to give you the answers that it to the questions that they it poses so if you want those answers you're gonna have to read the books <laughs> mm-hmm. or the wikipedias <laughs> but oh, there it, you the, go yep <laughs> but but the style speaks for itself it definitely will hold a clear interest if if you can yeah the, the style is worth speaking about because it does attempt something and and pulls a lot of it off too so yeah. i don't want to just say it's you know it's you go to Wikipedia first or something. It's worth experimenting with. Anyhow, sure. that's our rapid fire recommendations. Let's move now to reading similes. This is where we get to do a bit of a more extended comparison to again try and give you a sense of what reading this book is like or or the experience of reading it is like. I'll go first. Got an odd one this week, but I think it works. We'll see. I said that reading this book is like watching a very particular type of footage from like Shark Week, you know, nature documentaries that want to focus on sharks and stuff in the water. Yeah. I'm picturing it's, and I think Jaws has shots like this too. But it's like when the camera lens is half in the water and half out. It's kind of does the little bobbing because it's mm-hmm. it's a very intense, almost fear-inducing effect. Because it's like you're you get a little bit of the sky, and then all of a sudden when it bobs down, it's like yeah, it's like a pitch black you know void world down there in the ocean. The ocean also just kind of freaks me out, I guess. But it's you're kind of <laughs> bobbing in and out, and you know, so it's like okay, there's some sky. Oh, there's and you see a boat or something. You bob down. And it's like here's a black void, and then there's a huge killing machine. And it's like ripping something up, or it's a great white coming at you or something. And then it's you kind of just get pushed and pulled back and forth. That's my simile because I think there's a couple ways I think this works, but the most obvious is just that the story does want to help you a little, but it also pulls it pulls itself out at times too. So it's like, here's a little, you know, it's like they show you the ocean and then they pull you out of it a little bit too, where it's like, here's a little bit of the world. Here's a little bit of something to tantalize you, but we're not going to go all the way. We're not going to give you a full 
sense of of this character's purpose or intentions or even the you know what's going on here what's happening or what do people want exactly or precisely or whatever so it's a little bit of a tease but it's it's also compelling though because it's when you see that you know that that ocean footage it's very intense and it's like very um again it's like fear inducing and this story isn't fear inducing but it has a similar intensity of like whoa look at that that's you know that's really well done or that's really enticing and or you know intense so I think, and then also it's, it can be somewhat violent. So the shark thing is an obvious simile, but <laughs> that's my, that's my simile. Nice. I'm also uh, scared of the ocean. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Intense. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, sharks. No. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great simile because I, I think it does highlight the, some of the, the violence that we see in the novel. I mean, it's not overly gory necessarily, um, especially it for moments. King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There are some brutal moments, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the 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 glimpses of um, the world I think is is really telling in that simile. Um, I said reading this is like watching the trailer for a new PC or some new system game. That's how I went super oh. literal. Um, yeah, there's some conflict that is explored with some cutscene battles, but it's not the big bad conflict or even the big bad villain that's revealed. It's just these mm-hmm. little little fights, right? Um, and there's glimpses of the world you'll be playing in the the ooh and the ah of this of the snippets of the world that are often very beautifully visualized. And um, the short snippets of dialogue that give you an idea of what character you'll be playing so that you get some good characterization, but it's not like just the the focus of of that trailer. Yeah, that's a great comparison too. And it's, I don't have any other knowledge of the series, or at least I haven't read anything else in the series, but this does feel like a trailer for a massive project, which it's odd to say that about a novel. This is a full, (laughs) full novel in length and even debatably in ideas and plot and stuff um maybe if i knew how the series went in totality i could say it's like ah it's not really a full story or what have you but it is you know it has novelistic type ambitions and so yeah but given given what it takes away or what it offers and then doesn't follow up with or follow up on yet it yeah i think trailer is a is a intriguing way to put it for sure pretty apt yeah i thought gamer versus like movie trailers because movie trailers now are just like you you know exactly what the plot is yeah, like you don't have to yeah. watch the movie <laughs> it's so true they go they do too much they do too yeah. much yeah <laughs> i think that it must have just been some hollywood editing studio or something cracked the code on what makes a trailer appealing or something and they just have been reset yeah it's i think they just go too far yeah it's a good Thank point you. Okay, well, we've done some informal pitches. Now let's move to some more formal segments here. Um, we're going to do a scripted pitch right now. Though for me today, it'll be unscripted because I just went rogue and didn't follow my own direction. <laughs> but I'll let Amanda go first. This is when we prepare something in advance, something we've written about the book, kind of a little mini review. And so we're each going to read that off. Uh, again, Amanda did her homework and prepared it, and I did not. So Amanda, why don't you take it away first with your scripted pitch? Uh, Let's face it, if you're going to read a fantasy novel, you know you've got to commit a bit of time and brain power to ingest all the lore and fantastical names. For the first book in a fantasy series, this is almost certainly the case. Not so with The Gunslinger. Yes, there's lore. Yes, there are plenty of characters in this short novel. King, however, does a great job with spreading the lore throughout the novel instead of the often heavy-handed monologues or pages of history lessons that can sometimes make fantasy novels read more like a textbook. 
And since the novel's hmm. worlds are based on our own reality in many ways, the names are pretty basic. Roland, Jake, Alice, Walter. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that this novel is a great entry into a fantasy series that does not tax your resolve to push through to the plot, which is rife with flashbacks, demons, gunfights, betrayal, and so on. Sure, there are way more questions introduced than answers produced, but that's to be expected with the first in the series. It's well worth a read, especially if you're open to finishing out the series. Yeah, gosh, there's so much to go off of there. I think that's a really good that's a really good review, a little tease of it. I will struggle today to decide fully on whether or not I think someone who knows they won't commit to keep going, whether they should read it. I almost think it... It just depends on how you want to read, right? If you're just interested in writing as a style or as a as a construction or organizational device or something, or not device, but sort of a organizational challenge, I think this would be worth reading alone then just to see how a person can approach world building. And like, just, mm -hmm. he takes a very interesting approach and sprinkles in a, there's definitely aggressive decision-making about what to include and not to include, how to describe certain things, how to give and take. And so I think even if you're just kind of curious about like, oh, what's it, you know, how, do, how could he build this world or what kind of writing would he include? I don't know as, as a, a plot character, you know, core elements of storytelling, if I could really firmly say, yeah, if you just read this, it's a great story with plot and, and clear character development and like it's t it tells a tale. I just, I don't know. It does feel a little bit like a setting up for something grander. So mm -hmm. that I would struggle with. But I do think, one, if you know you're looking for a new series and you're committed, then I would say very little hesitation recommend it. You know, it's, it's like you said, enticing. It has really memorable scenes and some stuff. If you just want to study some world building in a sense or you're just generally curious about if you like fantasy stories and you're just like, I want to see what King would do with it. Like, let's, let's see the oddities he includes and the directions he takes. I think that's worth it. But if you're someone who one doesn't have any interest in sci-fi or fantasy. And so two, know that you're not going to commit to the whole series. You just want like an interesting beginning to end story. I think that would be the one where I could not say to read this. Then mm -hmm. that would be the case where I'd be like, if you're looking for a story beginning end, tell me a tale that that wraps up this just i don't know this won't be that i don't think that's a, that's a good point yeah if if you are not willing or even interested in in completing the series and and you generally just don't enjoy fantasy or even care about style yeah it he does really go for it with the language it's it's a very spare desolate world it's very harsh yeah it's really it's really quite grim in its tone and its mood and everything and just yeah, I think in the mood, in the reader, is a bit of confusion to it. It's it's purposefully confusing, I think, at times, but also it's meant to make you almost not disturbed in his horror sense, but disturbed in like a ruined kind of wasteland sense. And so, yeah, I don't. I think it's a really interesting writing exercise and stuff. And that's someone who, if you listen to the book clubs on it, you'll learn that I, I'm more hesitant. I don't know if I'll read the rest of it. You seem like you're going to at least try, you know, explore the other books, keep going with it. And, I definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think one, I think both of us too, almost, I don't think we liked it the same amount, but we both came away liking it. It's just, I had a different response to the, like, I liked it as its own exercise, if that makes sense. So, yeah. 
And I'm just going to call it, kind of call that my scripted pitch. I just kind of nice. tacked on to yours. Like any good lazy high school student, I just copied <laughs> your homework and then put my name on it. Or, you know, I changed a couple adjectives out <laughs> and then just, you know, it's like, no, we didn't, I didn't copy her homework. Don't you see? She said good. And I said, great. Don't you? That's totally different writing. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I, I, you said a lot of, uh, said a lot of it so well. I don't think I'd have too much else to tack on. And I covered, to me, the main thing in this recommendation would be covering those three audiences, you know, diehard mm-hmm. fantasy reader, someone who is just curious about King or maybe like a stylistic, a bold stylistic kind of book and just to try something interesting or like a totally neutral, just likes reading novels for fun occasionally, or, you know, just kind of an, I like reading realistic fiction type of a reader. I, I just wanted to cover those three audiences. Cause I think those are, it's just, it's going to hit so differently. It's, it's yeah. a very bold book and it really goes for certain things in its tone and its approach. And so it could be, you know, either very enticing or, or quite off putting depending on what you're looking for. So I think we covered that well. Any other thoughts just on the, in the scripted pitch or any other extended thoughts on any of the story elements or anything? Uh, nope, I'm good. Excellent. Okay. Well, let's move now to the final thing that we're going to do in this recommendation, final act of persuasion. And that is just a quote for clarification, especially, I mean, I know I've said the word tone a lot today. <laughs> and so it's <laughs> having said all that, it's, it'll be good for us to confirm and clarify and actually give a quote from the book, something we think represents the style and the experience of reading it. Amanda, why don't you take away your take it away with your quote first? Yep. Uh, mine is on page 12 for my book. It's like the uh, third paragraph, I think, in the entire mm-hmm. book. Um, the gunslinger walked stolidly, not hurrying, not loafing. A hide water bag was slung around his middle like a bloated sausage. It was almost full. He had progressed through the kef over many years and had reached the fifth level. At the seventh or eighth, he would not have been thirsty. He could have watched his own body dehydrate with clinical detached attention, watering its crevices and dark inner hollows only when his logic told him it must be done. He was not seventh or eighth. He was fifth. So he was thirsty, although he had no particular urge to drink. In a vague way, all this pleased him. It was romantic. Um, I chose this one because it, I think that it does a good job with kind of setting up the world a little bit. We know that it's a desert world. Uh, we also get a taste of um, his characterization here. Um, and also, like, how he views himself, which is he views himself as kind of a romantic in a way. Um and we also get some of the um, lore here with the, the term kef, which is like the way that I interpret it is, is almost like um, like a philosophical, like almost like the Buddhist path to enlightenment mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a taste of, of characterization, world building, uh, lore, and um, some, I think just some pretty, pretty solid um simile there like a bloated sausage which is a direct contrast to the the barren world that he's in something he would so desperately want later in his long journey yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> you know it's something that truly tantalizing to the utmost you know yep. it's definitely not a journey filled with feasting and, and food in that fantasy nope. sense no no banquets really <laughs> to speak yep. of anyway yeah and it does show a little bit of bleakness too i'm going to read yeah. a quote from much later in the book though it's not going to spoil anything on these recommendations obviously we're avoiding spoiling stuff so this is just a description of a a memory he has of his childhood roland 
It reads, Finally they camped. No echo from the man in black returned to them. Perhaps he had stopped to rest too, or perhaps he floated onward and without running lights through nighted chambers. This is Roland speaking. The sewing knight Cotillion, the Kamala, or some of the older folk called it after the word for rice, was held once a year in the Great Hall, the gunslinger went on. The proper name was the Hall of Grandfathers, but to us it was only the Great Hall. A courting rite as any spring dance surely is. The gunslinger laughed deprecatingly. The intense walls turned the sound into a loon-like wheeze. In the old days, the books say, it was the welcoming of spring, what was sometimes called New Earth or Fresh Kamala, but civilization, you know. He trailed off, unable to describe the change inherent in that featureless noun, the death of romance and the lingering of its sterile, carnal revenant, a world living on the forced respiration of glitter and ceremony, the geometric steps of make-believe courtship during the sewing night cotille that had replaced the truer matter, scribble-scrabble of love, which he could only intuit dimly, hollow grandeur in place of true passions, which might have once built kingdoms and sustained them." couple things uh, that I want to say about this quote, a couple reasons why I would include it. It shows the duality of his, his project here, which is one, a lot of slight world building with it trying to establish a sense of this place, where he's from, which comes down to technicalities like a sewing night cotillion, the grand hall of grandfathers, the all those proper nouns that you can't tell are capitalized, the new earth. And it also marries, of course, with a sense of loss, uh, intense, lingering descriptions of things being either disturbing or dead. And so there's things like a, the loon-like wheezing of the sound that you know when he speaks, talking about the world that he lived in of a, carnal, a sterile, carnal, carnal revenant. We're living on forced respiration of glitter and ceremony. So even even the world at its peak that he was in, even when that civilization was thriving, and even then it was a husk. You know, even then it was not something sustainable or even you know alive really. <laughs> Um, and so it's just overall, it, even even when the world seems well in this story, it's not well. And King does go out of his way to be extremely thorough in depicting a place that's kind of fallen apart. I believe one of the sentences that comes up a lot is that time has moved on in this world or that, you know, it's kind of forgotten this place. And so, yeah, I think it showed a couple of good descriptions and he's indulgent, and I think again that's part of the writing style here. He does he wants to set a, a really strong tone and and evoke a mood um, of ruin, of loss, and stuff. And so I think I think that stuff mostly works really well. To me, it's it's when he tries to do it with the world building, it can be heavy handed and maybe even a little clumsy at times for me. But it's he also achieves something for sure in depicting a a western like world that uh, feels like the old west, feels pretty you know challenging and. I don't know, lawless, barren, all that stuff. That's my favorite part is is how he describes everything. I think that King mm-hmm. is is really a, a wonderful writer in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he really goes for it too, which I think. Does, I yeah. mean, I, I still don't know King much. Can't speak. I'm I'm no King expert or something. <laughs> Read you know two books or so by him, but it does seem at this point clear to me that I guess part of what makes him admirable or why people are so dedicated to him why he's remained popular not only the inventiveness but i just it doesn't seem like he's someone to hold back and that can i'm sure cause problems but it, as well as it causes problems it also produces interesting thoughtful results so yeah excellent any final thoughts on the gunslinger by stephen king 
Nope, I'm good. Okay. Well, hopefully that gave you, the listener, a preview of the book. Hopefully it was enough to persuade you to join us for the next two weeks. As always, we promote book clubs or post, rather, promote to, but post book clubs every Friday. And so we'll do the first half of the book uh, this upcoming Friday when you hear this. And then the following one will be the conclusion. For the first episode of the book club, we will be doing the first two parts of this book, which are called The Gunslinger and The Way Station. So we'll be covering, I think that's directly half, right, of the page count? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll be cutting the book in half, as we always try to do. And so we try and pick a spot about halfway through. Um, If this episode was ineffective at persuading you, then we apologize. But we do have other books coming up in order. Every two weeks, we pick a new book. So the next three things, and I'll I'll briefly describe them here. um, But the next three books we have coming up in order are Field Notes from a Catastrophe, Man, Nature, and Climate Change by Elizabeth Colbert or Colbert. That is a nonfiction account of a, she's a New Yorker writer who traveled, I think about a decade ago now, to locations to try and investigate if how climate change was affecting them and to see what effects it was already having, if any. And I don't think the results are good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the title sense. gives that away. And so there's that. Uh, but it's nonfiction. The book after that is Burnt Shadows by Camilla Shamsi. I know you chose it. Do you have any brief summary of it? I, I don't know the premise. Yeah, it's um, it's a part historical novel as well as like a... Um, a, a kind of exploration of um, the idea of how people from other cultures can relate to each other in the face of tragedy. Okay. And historical fiction, kind of, you said? Yeah, there's like okay. part historical fiction and yeah. Excellent. And then out of a weird coincidence that we didn't plan, the next book after that is True Grit by Charles Portis, which is a Western. So we'll be returning to that genre in a sense. Uh, not really intentionally, but because the prompt for that one was definitely not to pick a Western, but I did. And so it was also remade <laughs> into a Coen Brothers movie about a decade ago now, actually. But I really like that movie. So that's one where I've seen the movie but haven't read the book. An interesting conversion <laughs> or kind of, you know, tra- transition there. So, yeah, those are the next three books we've got coming up in order. As always, just keep your eye on the podcast feed because we do book recommendations for every book. So you can always check those out. They're always under 30 minutes, and we should give a decent sense of the book before you dive into it. We're, again, the Lightly Literary Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at that name. Like and support on, I don't know, any social media. The iTunes, we're on Spotify, any podcast portal. We always appreciate those recommendations and such. And as always... See you between the pages.